Praise God. Well, let's look at uh, Proverbs 18.21 this morning. We've been in a series called The Power of Words, and all those previous messages are available a number of places. You know, they're on our podcast, on YouTube, on Facebook, on our website. So if you didn't hear them, go back and listen to them. There'll be a blessing. Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, of your tongue, of my tongue. Death and life are in, in the power of your tongue and my tongue. Not for everybody everywhere. You can't go around just manipulating everybody else's life. But we do have authority over our lives. Now this thing. People say, well, if it's what I say, I can just do whatever. You can just go and, you know, I can clear out the hospitals. I can go and get everybody free. Not if they don't want to be free. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't override their will. You can't. God won't. And he set it up. So we don't have to just Think about it. Thank God. You, you have authority. See, the authority in the spiritual is, is a lot like authority in the natural. Do you have unlimited authority in everybody else's life? No. You can't just go into their house and start moving the furniture around and taking over their bank account. No, that, those, are, those are crimes, right? <laughs> well, the spiritually, though, that's the way people act sometimes. Don't know the person from Adam, go up, I'm going to do this and start commanding. If you did that in the natural, you'd be in jail. If we understand these things, we'll operate in them better. No, there's a, there's a sphere of influence, of authority that each of us has. For yourself, you have complete authority. You're responsible, I'm responsible for me, you're responsible for you. What you say is going to go. No matter if somebody else says something else. You have authority. You know, they, they, so much so that if, you, if, if, somebody, if, if somebody had a crime committed against them, if they won't press charges, there won't be charges pressed. In certain, if they don't have the testimony of that person, they don't have a case. The government doesn't have a case. And so even though there was wrong done, you can say, I'm not going not gonna to press charges, not, not going to give my testimony, and there's no case. And so nothing happens. So in ourselves, we have ultimate authority. Now, then you have authority with your family members, with your spouse. Like if you're married, you have a certain amount of authority in their lives. And there is a structure to the family. The husband is the head of the relationship. That doesn't mean he's, he's a dictator. That just means if somebody's got, if a push comes to shove, somebody's got to make a decision and somebody's got to be the leader. It's a role, it's a position. It's not making the husband a better human being. It's a role, just like there's roles on sports teams, just like there's roles in government, just like there's roles in companies. Doesn't mean the people are better or worse. It means there's a certain role and somebody needs to, to fill that role. The God has set that up. But that aside, regardless, husband or wife, if you're married to somebody, you can't tell them what to do. Anybody found that out? Okay, if you think you're going to change the other person, you just, you're, you're, you're just uh, participating in an exercise in frustration. You know, a lot of, and this will go, if somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're younger, haven't been married, uh, people, 
People will go into marriage going, yeah, there's this and this, but, you know, once we get married, that'll change. (laughs) That's a surefire way to be really, you know, miserable because people are people. Uh, They'll change when they decide to change. This is just the way it is. I mean, you know, and if you think, oh, no, I'm going to change them, then, you know, that's deception. And sooner or later, we're going to figure out that that's not the way it works. No, we can't just change the other person. We can, we're going to work with them. But as far as if they, if something happens to them or, you know, they need prayer, you can pray for yourself with more authority than anybody else on the planet for them. You pray for your spouse because you have a covenant with them. You are legally, I mean, and spiritually, you're one. So you, you can, you have authority there with your children. And especially if they're, you know, they're, they're under uh, 18, you know, the more they grow older, the more they have, they exercise their own will. But if they're young in your house, you have authority over them just like you do in the natural. Spiritual authority, that means you can, you can command things to happen in their life for them. But over time, they're going to have to take responsibility just like they do in the natural. You don't carry around an 18-year-old and change their diapers and all. You know, they don't wear diapers. You know, that, they grow out of some things. But spiritually speaking, people are still babies and, try, and you know, people want to carry everybody. Now, there are babies in the body of Christ. There are babies spiritually too. And you can carry babies up until a certain place. But at some time, God's going to expect us to walk on our own two feet. People don't like to hear that. They think that's hard. They think, well, that's not grace. Look at the natural. After a while, if God's a good father, he expects... Is it good for an 18-year-old to act like a 4-year-old naturally? It's not. Now, do you expect a 4-year-old to act like an 18-year-old? No. But after a while, you need to grow up. It's good for you. It's good for everybody. And people take that. That's hard. It's not hard. It is just, it's better. It's freeing. You walk in your own authority at some point. Because if, if, you, if, you, real, if you think you have to go to somebody else always to get all your problems taken care of, that is, that is restricting. Versus that once we know, the best way is we realize we have authority and that we can exercise our authority. That's the best thing. When you come to that realization, then we realize, I, I can walk in what God has given me. Thank God we can get help from other people. And we're not, we're not um, you know, putting that down at all. It just, we're talking about, just briefly, one intended to really talk about this, but we're, we're talking about it, our realm of authority, and we need to understand that because we can't just do everything in, in any case. So with your children, you have authority. With certain people in your life, your, your pastor, if somebody is truly your pastor, not name only like I attend that church, but I really, you know, they're just, I just show up, but I really, uh, you know, don't take, I'm not really growing, I'm not taking anything um, as far as a teaching or, or look, really looking at somebody as a pastor. If, if somebody's like that, they're just a church attendee. But you, uh, there's a structure in the body of Christ, and you hook up with a local body, with a local pastor, and you are, people hate this word, submitted in that area. That doesn't mean somebody's controlling your life. If you want to hear teaching about this, we just talked about the role 
several months ago. No, it's nobody controlling your life, but there is a structure of authority. And if you put yourself and truly hook up with a local body, then that pastor or pastors does have authority in your life. You get in the hospital, they can speak into your life. They can speak over your children. You, they have authority, but somebody that's just like name only doesn't really care. Somebody can want to do something. Isn't that the exact same way it is in the natural? Somebody, you could give somebody a certain amount of authority because you're in their organization or whatever. They have legal authority in your life. But just somebody off the street, they don't. And if we did the same thing as we do in church where it's like, well, I watched them on TV, never met them. If that was the way it was naturally, hey, I drove by this store. I drove by the organization. People look at you, and you're, I drove by that company, and I, you know, so what? You have no authority in that company whatsoever. But if you work at the place, you have a badge, you can get in. There's a certain amount of authority, right? That's why people like you know drive by church. I'm not conde- we're not saying this to condemn anybody. <laughs> Didn't intend to say any of this, but we're we're just uh, touching on a few things. If we if we're just out here. Well, I just, I, I, I want to be a part of that or that, but I'm not really a part. Well, there's a benefit with being hooked up with other believers. And there's a benefit with being hooked up with the church. So, um, it just, there's a sphere. You see how there's a sphere that starts with you, goes to your family. Now, with your adult uh, family, your brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles that are adults... You have limited authority in their life based on your relationship or based. You have a limited authority in their life based on your relationship with them. And it might vary based on that relationship. In other words, you may have more ability, more say so in one of your um, relatives life because you have a bond with them, whereas somebody else you don't. Naturally, right? Same thing spiritually. They might look to you and have given you a place where you could pray for them because they come to you. One thing is, are they coming to you and asking you to pray? See, what we want to do a lot of times is push our something that we want on them and like try to force it in. Did they ask you to pray? We'd get better results if, if they were asking us to agree rather than, hey, let's pray when they don't even want to pray. And then you're praying... And you're saying, but this is the will of God. God wants you healed. And they were trying to preach to them. And they're going, okay, and they're being nice to you. And they pray, nothing's going to happen. Because they, they're rejecting it. Totally different if that same person or same relationship, maybe a same relationship physically, like a different brother or a different sister or a different cousin or a different aunt or a different niece came to you and said, in prayer now they with their authority have asked you to do something in their life now you have authority to do something that makes sense so spiritually things work like this so you can't just go out here just find somebody on the street and be like you know try to force a god's will on them if they want you to pray if they sincerely Uh, agree with you, then yes, they just gave you authority. Amen. Amen. So if we'll, if we'll use the same type of understanding in these spiritual things as we would in natural, it would eliminate so many problems because people will act spiritually way different things that they would never do in the natural. 
just, you know, they would never just go up to somebody they don't know and start trying to interject things in their life. Well, God wants you this and God wants you that. They would never do that in the natural. Well, God, or, you know, you really should be a part of this organization or that organization just naturally, just somebody off the street. People would look and go like, whoa, you know, I don't even know you. What do we think when somebody does that? We're like, what are you selling? What do you want? You're backing away. Why would we think, and spiritually, all of a sudden that flips, and all of a sudden they're just open. It's not. It's not that way. And so it will help so many things if we'll just use that same amount of, uh, of understanding. So it says, verse 21, <clears throat> talking about words, but this has everything to do with how we exercise our authority in words, because really our words, the power of the tongue, the reason why it's powerful is because of authority. So we need to understand these things in relation. We haven't digressed. I mean, these things are all related to what we're talking about in some of these things that we're going to be covering this morning. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so then it's like the center that is, the utmost power is with you, but if you can see, it just kind of fades. The power of the tongue fades. One, more, one other thing. That's why you can't just declare everything you want about the government and it's just going to happen. Because you're one person and there are millions of people in this country. Did you hear me? It's a corporate thing. We have elections coming up. People are like, well, I'm declaring this. Thank God. You know when it's going to change is when a whole bunch of people are doing that. Because you don't have authority to exercise over the whole government of the United States or any other country. There are people that have elected individuals and put things in power. And there's certain things that, yes, need to be changed. But the reason it's like that is because a whole lot of people have bought into the wrong thing and have elected individuals. And put judges in place and all kinds of things that have happened. And so you declaring something is not going to change it like that. You don't have the authority. We need to, we, but us saying stuff, we ought to declare the right thing. We ought to say the right thing. The point is, it's not changing Critical mass isn't reached unless there's a number of people doing it because you can't exercise that authority over the will of the rest of the people. Does that make sense? And that some people may be bucking, going, oh, no, I will. It's a few. Just look at it in the natural. And you'll have your answer. Because there's a spiritual, there are people that have chosen certain things, chosen certain paths and, you know, and so as a majority, and so what we need to do is speak the truth as Christians with the authority that we have. Here's, you have more authority in the state of Massachusetts or New Hampshire, or if you're from another state around here, than you do any other state. Why? Because you live here? Because you pay taxes? You have authority. You have next to zero authority in a different state. If you have nothing to do there or a different country. Now, you have authority as a, as a citizen of the United States, but you have a limited authority. Some people don't like that. You can feel it. There's people bucking it, you know, like, well, but. You have authority. The Bible says, if my people will pray. 
Well, there's a whole lot of people, number one, not doing that. A whole lot of people that couldn't care less about it. And so, yes, you have things going in a certain direction. We need to do the word, say the word, and and move in it, but people need to be affected. Now, as far as it concerns you, you can be taken care of. What you are going to say in your life is going to go. But we don't exercise authority over everybody else. And if we have a problem with that, it's probably why certain things aren't working in our life. Because we think we have more authority than we do. And we're acting like we can just go around and throw these darts everywhere and don't realize we're part of it, but we're not the end-all, be-all. So, yes, do your part, but realize we're a part. And if people will join together and do their part, you can be effective in changing things. But there are other things that are naturally put into place. So if you pray correctly, if you pray with the right understanding, then you'll, you'll get results, but you won't be disappointed when you're trying to get results where you have no authority to get results. Praise God. Amen. Some people are going around, uh, they're, they're, they're misdirected. If they were doing the same thing in the natural, they would be completely, as they do spiritually, they'd be completely out of order, if not criminal. They would be rejected left and right. But because it's spiritual, people think they can just go throw around authority left and right and speak whatever, and it's going to come to pass. And the problem is, it's not. It won't. And it's because of a lack of understanding. And if we back up to, to really understand real authority from God and, the, and what, what is uh, real and not real in that realm, we would be able to speak with much more authority and we would get much, many, or much better results. There's such a lack of respect for authority and chain. Boy, we are just wading through it this morning, aren't we? But this is all related. What we're talking about here, the things that we're trying to get to, if you don't understand what we're talking about, it won't mean anything and it'll just be like a loose cannon and people are just shooting stuff around and it won't work. Praise God. Bring that back, Lord. There's something I was about to say and then I said something else. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Praise God. Yes. People have, in this country and in around the world, the aftermath of the 60s and all the rebellion, 60s, 70s, starting 50s, were there reasons for that? Yes. Were people going probably too hard on certain things? Were they rebelling against just... No. doesn't matter. There was still rebellion. And we're, we're reaping the benefits even today to where now, talk about respect for authority, it's, it's close to non-existent. As far as people with government, government has done you know, a lot of really bad things and, uh, you know, there are people that have acted very much not um, deserving of respect, but there are positions 
in any case. But there have been, as far as the lack of respect uh, in spiritual things, in natural things, has just run rampant, and it went over into the church. In the, the charismatic movement, thank God for it, it went throughout all the mainline denominations, and people got saved left and right. That's how my parents were saved, and uh, how you know why we grew up the way we did is because they were born again, um, you know, in in a certain denomination, and that went all throughout. Uh, the, the charismatic movement uh, affected the world. But the thing is, people came out. A lot of people were saved in, um, in places that then, when, as that got going, they were saved in places that weren't church. They were in full gospel businessmen's meetings or other meetings like that and a lot of things that were out, out of church. So a lot of, uh, spiritually speaking, there's just a lot of people that came out of no structure, no kind of um, church background and no understanding of that and not really valuing any of it. And yet they had the gifts of the Spirit in operation, so they thought they were more spiritual than all these other uh, things that have been around. Now, was there some crustiness and some religion and stuff? Yeah. But you don't throw out everything and say you don't need anything. No structure. You know, you had the, the hippies and all. All the rebellion and of authority and distrust of authority and all that, you had people that were all into that coming into the church, and it just infiltrated the church. Where, oh, we don't need any kind of structure or whatever. Well, who set up the structure? Who set up the church? God set up gifts in the church. Again, we talked about this um, role of pastor and talked about other roles. And, but people are coming out just with the Wild West thinking, well, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I don't need local body, I can do this, and I got this spiritual gift, and just it just all over the place. And so you had that, and just like it was in the natural, just like you was in the natural where people were rebellious, and oh, you know, more and more people disrespect teachers, disrespect um, their, their bosses disrespect government, don't need any of that, you know, don't tell me what to do at work, even though I'm working somewhere. I mean, not abusive, but uh, you do need to be told what to do because you're working for a company. You do need to be told what to do in a classroom because you're there to learn. And if somebody's disruptive, it disrupts it for everybody. But in the church, people just like, well, whatever. I, can, I, I mean Jesus, we can do it. Okay, just throw away, you know, all the scripture talking about them all being together and with one accord and he set gifts in the body and any kind of structure because we don't like that. And it's just me and Jesus. Well, um, that's not biblical. And so then there's no authority. And, you know, there's a whole lot of people, whole lot of people in Christendom. They don't want to have anything to do with anything they would call organized because they think it brings them under the law. And really what the problem is, is they don't want to submit to anything. And they probably have a problem in their work life and their marriage and everything else because they don't understand authority. Now, again, you're not there. Was there is there been abuses and people that have gone crazy and tried to control people? Yes. But that doesn't do away with the real. Who is the Lord of all? Jesus, is there rank in the body of Christ? Yes. Yes. 
There are people that have walked with God. You don't, you don't put people on a pedestal. But if you're going to act like there is absolute... Now, as far as family members and ability to, to walk in the benefits of, the, of what Jesus has bought and paid for, everybody is on the same footing. It's just like everybody could be, have the same citizenship, rights and privileges in a country, but if you're part of an organization, there's different rank. And people hate that, some people. Like, there's a CEO. Oh, well, he shouldn't be the CEO. Do you have, understand how much responsibility he's probably carrying? We shouldn't make that much money. Uh, if he's valuable to the organization, have there been abuses? Yes, but that doesn't mean the guy that's flipping the burgers should make the same amount as the guy that owns 50 franchises. They're not doing the same job. They're not carrying the same load. And if we don't understand that, there are so many people. You guys all right? This is all related to what we're talking about. If we don't understand that and think just people can, because that's people get a taste of what we're talking about here. Well, good night. I'm just going to go out and I'll listen to anybody. I have authority. If we did this in the natural, it would look so foolish. And people do. And then they're fired. And they're, they're railing against people that are actually adding value, actually carrying a load. And then they're like, well, we don't need to do it. And then, you know, they're jumping from job to job. Well, people jump from church to church. Well, I don't need that. I don't need that. That guy's not doing anything. Man, the further you go, if you understand walking with God, you do not talk about people. I don't care if you don't disagree with them. You have enough sense to shut up and just go on with your business because you have plenty to keep you busy there. These so-called watchdogs that are out there basically just criticizing everybody have nothing going on for them. They're just critical. They probably sit, a lot of them just sit at home, don't go to church anywhere, and type on a computer. They don't understand authority. They think they can criticize everybody, and they haven't probably carried a spiritual load in their life. Now, Jesus took everything, but he put people in positions of authority to walk things out. Yes, he has done it, but there's a job to do. It's like you're in a company. And the dude that's sitting there doing nothing, playing games on his computer, is criticizing all the people that have been working nonstop since they came into the building. Go, well, I don't, they don't have anything to, to offer, and I'm just criticizing them. And you're not doing anything. And that's the way the church can be. Where people are, are they, they don't understand the way things work in the kingdom of God. So things, they go off. Loose cannon thinking they can just command everything here and there, and they can call certain things, and they can say it by God, but they don't respect anybody else's authority, which means their authority isn't respected. They're yielding to the devil in division and critical, being critical and saying this person doesn't have that, and then they want to tell the devil to go. It does not work that way. We're just talking about the nuts and bolts of what actually happens and why so many people are shipwrecked and why the Word of Faith movement has gotten a bad rap in certain areas because people have gone crazy and completely shut them off, you know, as far as natural and acted like the spiritual doesn't have anything to do with the natural. 
and they don't actually uh, move forward in the things of God because they're not, they're not respecting spiritual law. And they're actually way out of order. And so if we would just, if, if you understand authority and you understand who God is, you're humble. And you don't go around bossing other people around in their life or in their organization. Which people do in the spiritual world all the time. Just think about it. This is going to help somebody. You don't go, like we talked about driving by, but you just don't go in an organization. People do this, and it's comical. You go to the leader of somebody, you know, to, to the organization and act like, start telling them what they should and should not do with their business. Or you work at a business and, you know, you're working in an organization and you're going to send an email over your boss's head two or three levels or to the CEO telling them what they should do. That is ignorance and foolishness. They don't want to hear it from you. Automa- I'll tell you what happens because I've been in management some. You get an email from somebody lower than your immediate, superior, your immediate person that reports to you. In other words, you have a guy reporting to you and if the guy reporting to him just goes over his head and sends you an email, sends in a red flag immediately, you automatically don't really, you're not going to take what this person says with much um, weight. doesn't mean there can't be, you know, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about a red flag. I'm talking about just acting like you need to know what I think versus going through the chain of command. You just completely cut your legs out from under yourself and actually are not near as hurt as you think you are. That's the same way it is with church. People want it. They think they have the authority just to come in and be like, well, why don't you do this to the leader of an organization that they have no contact with? And it's just gotten so much worse with online stuff. Because people can see them, and so they think just because you hear something, you have the ability to say something to somebody. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to tell you. If God put them in place and they have structure around them, they're going to listen to, and it's probably not this person. Just like all of us in our natural lives. Somebody just comes off the street, tries to start telling you how to run your family. You'd be like, and who are you? But that's what people do in spiritual circles. They'll come into you. I'm not saying, I'm not addressing anything specifically. But I've been in church all my life. Where people will come in church, not know you from Adam, and start telling you something about your kids and how you should run something. <laughs> Who are you? Would you do this in Walmart? That, that person probably would. And that's why they are isolated. I'm just being straight with you. Straight with you. These things, spiritually, people act like they're different, but they're not different. I know, I know a gentleman from Texas said, you know, you don't go and start reorganizing the furniture when you didn't pay for any of it. He's a pastor of a big church, and he said, it's amazing. People come and start, well, I think you should do this. And you're like, were you here when we did all that? When you think it should be here and here? So that, that attitude of not understanding, if somebody understands this, people that actually do run stuff and have responsibility are very careful about telling anybody that's in that position what to do in their domain. Because you're like, I, that's just arrogance. It's presumption. 
But in the spiritual realm, that has been rampant for decades. People that have no connection with somebody think they have the right and ability in the place just to say whatever. Like God's stuff is different, but God set up authority. So, so the things of God are very much like natural things. Now, let's look at some of these verses. In light of what we're talking about, the spiritual part of what we say, it only goes so far, and we, if we respect how thing, the, where we're at and the relationships that we have and who uh, we're to respect and honor then we'll see our words and our authority being respected because we are not sowing the wrong thing and we're working with God's authority and structure of authority and now our words have actual impact. Because you can't water down your words all the time, throwing out all this stuff that doesn't really mean anything, telling everybody what to do, and not respecting boundaries, not respecting authority, and then go and act like it's just going to work in your life because actually all those other things are being motivated by the enemy as divide, their pride, their division, they're, 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 they're yielding to the devil. And so then when we go to exercise our authority, we're not in a good place. What you know you need to do, hit your knees and repent. And get in a right place. And I'm not telling you to do anything I haven't done. There's been times I've been walking in every single person that's going to walk If you're going to walk after God and be a part of a family or a church family or a ministry, you are going to be tempted to be offended and to get in your flesh and get in and blow stuff up with people that you are ordained by God to be with. You will be tempted. You absolutely will be pushed on. And there have been times I was like, I'm not getting out of my place. I'm supposed to be here. And Satan, he, he'll try to divide. He'll try to get you offended or get you to think, I need to get out. I need to be in a different place when actually you're right where you're supposed to be. And there's been times I had to say, I don't, I don't agree with something, or I, I, but I know I'm hooked up in the right place. I'm not moving. I'm staying here. And there's been times I didn't understand certain things, and I thought I was right. There's doctrinally, I, you know, there were certain things, and I, there was some things, and, and I was like, I'm just going to study what the Word says on this and let God work, to that, work it out. And I found out I was wrong. I shelved it. I had to walk it out and, and see, you know what? I'm just going to look at this and this and this and this, and I'm going to walk some things out. And I realized I was incorrect. Thank God I didn't move on any of that. And if we'll just realize, see, people are led into certain situations. They think it's God, it's God, it's God. Oh, it's God. But they're led out a lot of times by offense or the flesh. A lot. A lot of times. And if we'll have a soldier's mentality, Bible talks about, we've, we've had series on it. Being, you know, you have a soldier's mentality. The Bible talks about us being soldiers. That I am here until my orders change. You are not your own. 
You are. See, if the church, if the body of Christ took things so much more seriously, there'd be a lot less problems. If we didn't treat it like a game, if, was, if we looked at it like, God, where do you want me to be? And I am here. I am in this place. And I'm not moving from this place unless I get orders telling me to go someplace else. We don't have the choice to change. It's not our, up to us. We got told that we're supposed to be in a certain place. And the orders, I remember, you know, Keith Moore talks about it. He put it like this, you know, if you don't know who Keith Moore is, taught at healing school at Rhema, was an instructor at Rhema. Don't glorify people, just using him as an example. He would say he, there was a place where he wanted to move on and change some stuff. And he said, he put in, you know, he's talking about this being a soldier. And he said, I put in a request for change. And it came back, denied. <laughs> put a request again for, you know, new order. Came back, denied. Yes, sir. Staying right here, doing my job. I know what he's talking about. It's not, it, it's, again, it's not a specific person. If it, we all will deal with that. What he was dealing with, I've dealt with. And if you're going to walk any time with the body of Christ, you're going to deal with it. And, you're, and if you're smart, you'll be like, I'm not getting out of my place. Because where are you at if you're out of your place? There was times I'd be like, felt like, oh, man, I want to get out and do this. And then, then the question is, where would I go? Where would I go? So if I believe that I was in the will of God, then where am I if I'm not in that place? That's not a good thing to think about. I'm on the devil's territory. So I just, no, I'm staying. And thank God, by the mercy of God, we stayed in, in, in places and we learned and we grew. But that's, that's knowing authority. Number one, the authority of God. Do we submit to God? Do we submit? I mean, this is a question we asked ourselves. Do we submit to him? If he's telling us to do something and we're like, no, I don't want to. Then when we're going to give the order, why do we think it'll be respected? If we don't listen to him, see the way why it works, why our words carry weight is because they're God's words and he gave us authority to speak them. And so, and if we speak his words, they will be respected and done. But if we don't listen to what he's telling us, then, and say something else, it becomes our words and our words alone without his backing carry no weight. Don't mix up what he has given us and what we have through Jesus with what we have in and of ourselves. We have to keep that straight. Without him, we can do nothing. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. So let's skip down to Mark 11, verse 22. Looked at this. We'll, we'll get into, I believe what, a few scriptures here. Mark 11, verse 22. Praise God, these things will save your life. These things will, sa will, will save your ministry. They will save your job. You know, somebody wants to get mad at their boss. It's amazing how many bosses are stupid in people's eyes. 
further up you go, they get stupider and stupider. It's just, you know, the people entry level that know all the answers. <laughs> you guys okay? I'm not addressing any specific thing, so you think I'm talking about you. I didn't read your mail. Just look straight ahead. Nobody will know. Praise the Lord. What did I just say right before that? But right before it, right after that. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, I said these things will save your life, save your job. Somebody, you know, they, I can't take it anymore. Throw down their stuff and quit. Looking <laughs> for a job. Much smarter to go get a new job before you quit your current job. And sometimes, I've been there. I tell you, I, I tell you, when I, we, you know, I was bivocational for a long time. Up until three and a half, a little more years ago. And worked as a software engineer and software engineering manager. And there was a time when that was getting to end. Oh, man, it was all I could do to go to work. I'm not talking about I didn't want to work, to go through the different things. Because I was like, I'm supposed to be doing this. I want to be spending, but, and there was stuff going on and change. And, it, it was, and, I, and I, I would be driving to work with pressure, just like, you know, there's different things going on organizationally. It's like, I don't want to take, I don't want to put up with this stuff. I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing and not to get out of the place. There were so, you know, I would, I would start looking at other jobs and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to go, and I just shut the computer, literally. Shelly can attest to that. different times where I was like, Maybe I'll get a different job. Maybe I'll go out and do this and that. And I start looking. It's like, you're not supposed to be looking at anything else. And I'm not even going to look. Why? Because then you start going down the wrong path. You think, I'll just look. Oh, yeah. And then something starts catching your eye. And then you start going. And then you're like, oh, maybe I should be here. And then you're, you get out of the will of God. And you're like, how did I get here? You start going down that path. These things, if we'll, if we'll take it seriously, God, where do you want me? And that's one place at any given time. Where do you want me? What do you want me to be doing? It'll save our life, save our family, save so many things. We just say, I'm immovable. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm going to be where I need to be. Well, now you're submitting to God. James 4, 7, if you can put that up. It's not on the list. Familiar verse to some people, but let's put it up. James 4, 7, if you can throw that up. It says, submit to God. Therefore, submit to God. What does that mean? Bow your knee to God. That means whatever you want, to, want me to do, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'll do that. You submit to God, resist the devil, and then he'll flee from you. What if you just, well, it doesn't matter. I can just go do whatever I want, and then I'm going to say, see, it doesn't say that. And that's the problem right there. We're talking about words, but it, authority is carried in words. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and then he'll flee from you. You just say, no, no, I'm in my place. I'm resisting my flesh. I'm resisting the devil. I'm, res- I'm staying here, and now I'm submitting to God. I'm supposed to be here. My, my orders have not changed. I'm staying here, and no, it's hard on my flesh. I'm not moving, and now Satan tries to push on you in a different area. Shut up and get out. What? You can say that with authority because you know I am putting things down to stay here. I'm not about to resist or uh, give in to you. You carry a punch. It's not, again, it's not your authority. We're not talking about works. We're just talking about chain of command and structure. God put it into place. Look at Mark eleven twenty two. 22. <clears throat> 
Praise the Lord. So, so Jesus answered and said to, to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So it says, we talked about last week, believing and speaking. To believe and speak. Here it says, you don't doubt in your heart. Whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart. So you believe something in your heart, and then you speak it. It says, if, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So you have to believe that what you say will be done. Okay, then we need to be careful what we say. Do we actually believe that what we're saying will be done, or do we just throw a bunch of stuff out, and you know, out of frustration or whatever, that we don't think should be done, but now we're serious, and now we want this one to stick? If we, if we started taking it seriously, wait a minute, i got to believe that what I say it's going to be done, so when something comes out of my mouth, I mean it. Now, we've all missed it. <laughs> Again, these things will save our life. I know this, this, some of this, we're trudging through, it's going to seem like, well, this is heavy. I want to get to the sugar coating. You know, just speaking, it's going to happen. Some of the reason that those things don't happen is because we skip all bat and pie this stuff. And so, it just, and so do we, do we, are we playing games or do we want answers? Do we want it to work or do we want to just like, oh, we're playing a game. We believe this in our church and you know, it never actually happens, but we believe it. What are we doing? So you, it says you have to believe that the things you say will be done. So, again, we've all missed it. I know without a shot, every single one of us has said stuff out of frustration, out of anger. We've gone off and said things, and we didn't want any of it to happen, and we probably didn't mean half of it. Don't, don't raise your hand. Everybody's done it. The question is, okay, I don't want to do that. God, help me. Now, we talked about some of this in past weeks, but we're talking about it when we're releasing the faith, when we're releasing things, when we're saying one of the things that we need to do is believe that what we say is going to come to pass. So if I believe it, then I'll have whatever I said, but I got to believe that what I say is going to actually happen. Then I might want to back up and look at what I say. Look at the NIV. It says, truly, I tell you, verse 23 in the NIV, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it, it will be done for them. If they believe that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. If I, so if I believe that what I say, well, I've got to believe. How am I going to know that what I say would happen, has even a chance of happening? I've got to have some kind of foundation, which is, in terms of what we're talking about, Bible faith, I need to have Scripture for it. I need to believe what God said about it, and then I'm saying it. And I need to then believe that what I'm, I need to know the foundation of what I'm saying is going to come to pass. And then if I say certain things, I have to believe that that will actually happen. Well, now, if I believe my words have that kind of power, 
then I'll start, uh, I'll take into consideration other things. Not just words. I won't let even thoughts happen. I'll start cutting out thoughts and attitudes that may lead me to say something that I really don't want. I'll start going back up the chain and be like, oh no, I'm not going down that path. I'm not going there. Because I don't want that in. I don't believe that's godly. I don't believe that's where he'd want me. So I'm cutting that out. I won't, I won't go down that path. And as I do that, then I'll have, when I do release faith and say something. It's like sending something off. Because I haven't done it in all these other times. No. No, I'm not going to say that. No. But I am going to say this. And I'm going to say this. And I'm, you know, there's times you look at the situation and your feeling says you're a fool to say, you know, the right thing. because It's clearly not true. And you, everything in you wants to say the wrong thing. We've all been there. And that's when we need to say the right thing anyway, calling the thing that we actually want into existence. Look really briefly. I believe we'll pick up sometime in the future. But look at Romans 4, verse 16. I want to at least touch on this and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Praise God. Verse 16 says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is talking about Abraham. And there's a number of things here when it's talking about Abraham, but the thing I want to note, you to notice in verse 17, it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He, God told him this. In the presence of him whom he believed, and this is, says something about God, and we're supposed to be doing this in, in, uh, after what God does. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's what God does. Isn't that kind of like what we read in Mark eleven twenty three? What If you believe, whatever you say will happen. Well, that means it's not there yet. This is saying God does this and we have authority from him so then we can do this, and we're to act like him. Look at the CEB version. It says, As it is written, I have appointed you to be father of many nations, so Abraham is our father in the eyes of God, in whom he had faith, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that don't exist into existence. Calls things that what? 
They don't exist. But you call them into existence. Look at uh, the Amplified. As it is written in Scripture, I have made you a father of many nations in the sight of him whom he believed. That is God who gives life to the dead and calls into being which does not exist. The thing, you're talking about something that isn't there, but you're saying it is there. That's what God does. And you see, we've read other scripture to this effect. You're saying something by definition, like when Mark eleven twenty three. if you say, if you believe in your heart that what you say will come to pass, it will happen. <laughs> that means it hasn't happened yet. So you're saying something with your mouth before it exists is actually biblical. Not lying. Is God a liar? Is Jesus a fool? Is he wrong when he's saying, if you say it, it'll happen? Why does it happen? Because God gave us authority in our own life. Again, you can't just call anything into existence, but you can call in your realm of authority things, and they will happen. And so if we start to realize that, that God has given me authority, this is not something I'm just trying to do. He's given me the ability. He's told me what he's given me, but it's up to me to call the things that I don't see into existence so the things that he's already given me become real in this realm. And I have the authority and the ability to do that in this earth. That's, all, that, that's amazing. And if we'll, if we'll refine, if we realize it's not a splatter thing, it's not all authority and it's not anything, but we start to understand how that's focused, what I can actually do that with, who I can actually do that at situations, and all, how do you understand that? With the Word of God, with doing what He said, obeying His ways. Now, it's just like this power that has been given to us, and just dissipate in little blips of whatever. You can see it, it's just like bringing it all to where it's focused, you know, like a laser beam to where it's like... All that is coming together to where you understand that what He said, you can say, and you know that if you walk with Him and, and give uh, voice to His things that you can actually call his things into your life. And you realize that's the way it's supposed to work. If it's not there, that's why I'm calling it. Like somebody's calling a dog. Why are you calling your dog? Because they're not here. I want them here. So I'm going to call them. See, and people will say, well, why are you, why are you saying, you know, why are you calling your body healed? It's not healed. That's why I'm calling it healed. Amen. Because what I have is not health. Well, then you're lying. Well, are you lying if your dog's not here and you're calling him? 
you know, we had a dog named Muffy, and we lived on a cul-de-sac with a hill. Cul-de-sac at the bottom, big hill. And sometimes she'd go running up here, and we'd be down at the bottom of the hill. Muffy! Muffy! What am I doing? I'm trying to get Muffy here. We are lying. Muffy's not here. Why are you calling her name? Because she's not here. Well, that's, that's just foolish. She's not here, so why would you be calling her? Because I want her here. I'm calling the money here. Well, you're just playing games. No, I want it here. Your body is not feeling well. I want my body to feel well. Well, you're just, you're just lying. You're just saying your body's well when it's sick. That's why I'm saying it's well. I'm calling it because God already provided it, and he gave authority for me to call it into existence in my life, and nobody else can do it for me like I can, and so I'm going to say it, and that gives him access to do it, and so then it comes into existence in my life. And I have that ability and that authority, and nobody can take that away from me. That's why it's so important to respect authority. Don't try to... In- don't try to insert yourself into somebody else's chain of authority and then you have full confidence nobody can steal what God has rightfully given me because I respect authority. I respect it. I'm saying it. It will happen. 